it's Yen, and welcome back to another episode of Mind the Gap. I know that it's been quite a while since I've uploaded my last episode, but it's really only been about two months. But a lot has happened in those two months, and so I thought I'd come back today and address those things that have been going on. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about some lessons that I've been learning during this pandemic. Um, I think this is a very unique opportunity to reflect and sit still and have our hands open to what God is trying to teach us. And so hopefully um, we can do that during this time or find time and space to do that. Um, because I know that not every day is restful, um, despite being at home. Um, so yeah, um, and I'm going to be splitting this episode into two parts because I feel like it might be a little bit long. So yeah, just wanted to let you guys know before I begin. Um, and lastly, a little disclaimer I wanted to make is that I am very aware that this isn't a time for reflection or rest for many, many people out there. Um, it's actually quite a stressful time for people who have lost jobs and still need to support a family, people who cannot escape domestic violence in their homes, people whose lives are threatened due to pre-existing immunocompromised conditions, um, even before the coronavirus hit, and so many other situations out there right now. Um, and now, more than ever, there is an even greater gap between communities and their access to necessary supplies and resources, including food. Um, these people may not have the luxury to sit and reflect. So I urge all of us to pray and support community members the best that we can while social distancing. And I just want to make it known that I am also very aware of how blessed and undeserving I am to be in the familial and financial situation that I am in, and that I know that many are experiencing far more of the side effects of this pandemic. So once again, I urge all of us to pray for the people around us, pray for the world, and pray for those who are suffering right now um, from loss and um, just different types of sufferings that are going around. So yeah, just wanted to make that disclaimer before I begin this episode. Um, and even before I dive into what I've been learning, I wanted to reach out to my friends and ask if they'd be willing to share some lessons that they've been learning during this pandemic. And some people were kind enough to respond and message me with some lessons about either themselves or about the world or about who God is at this time. And so I'm going to be sharing those with you now. The first person who responded is Eugen, who is currently a first year in university, and she said, One thing I've been learning during this time, there can be so much guilt and shame associated with not being productive during the day. Waking up late, sleeping late, feeling upset towards myself because of myself. But I realized that I had, in many ways, idolized being busy, being productive, constantly on the move during my first year because I had unconsciously associated doing with producing fruit and producing results. At home, I've been able to see how my guilt with not doing has revealed how I am in need of simply rest, to seek God in solitude and to simply seek his kingdom. God delights in this submission when I am giving him my attention intentionally, in silence, in the quiet, in the peaceful and still moments in each day, and that's the best thing I could be doing anyways. Next person is Kevin, a friend of mine from school. He said, 
No matter how much you plan, life can go any direction, aka COVID. So learning to just take it day by day. Next person is anonymous and they said something that they're learning about God is that he is the giver of peace, learning the value of being still and silent and trusting in him. From Isaiah 30:15, it says, "In quietness and trust is your strength." And in Psalm 116:7, "Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. He is our refuge and his presence is what defines our lives." The next person is also anonymous and they said, I'm learning that this moment doesn't have to be everything. I don't have to be the most productive, creative, or even spiritually on fire person right now. And even though I'm circumstantially okay, coronavirus and the shutdown has had a huge impact on my emotional and mental state of being. I find myself more anxious and stressed, but I'm also thankful and happy to be home with my family. I'm learning to take things day by day. Next person is Isabel, a friend of mine from long way back, um, and she said, I wasn't positive about what love languages I had for feeling loved, but it has definitely been confirmed for me that they are quality time and physical touch. It's kind of weird because I usually like being alone a lot, but the loneliness feels overwhelming because I can't physically spend time with someone, so I guess I learned that despite enjoying solitude, I still need other people to function well. And lastly, my friend Danielle, who I've also known for a super, super long time, said, I don't deserve anything because everything belongs to God. Relearning surrender with regards to university graduation and while applying for jobs. Also learning more Korean language lessons. And so once again, I am very grateful for everyone who sent in a response um, and were gracious enough to do so. And as you can see, so many of the responses have this thread running through them of lack of community and having a hard time being alone, having a hard time being still and and just giving that time to God in solitude and silence, Um, learning to just not do anything and being okay with that. And I think these are things that we're all experiencing together and that it's not shameful to experience or acknowledge that in our lives. I think all the more we should be sharing that with people around us so that we're aware that we're not alone in feeling these things and that we can bring these requests and prayers to God um, and that he will um, fill the gap where we need it. Um, And so, yeah, just wanted to share a couple thoughts from other people because um, I obviously don't have all the answers and I obviously don't... um, and can't speak for everyone. Um, So good to get a representative sample of answers. Um, So now I'm going to dive into a couple things that I've been learning. And once again, I'm splitting this episode into two parts. And so I'll start with the first two reasons or lessons, I guess, (laughs) I'm learning in this episode. And then the second part will have three more. So let's begin. So lesson number one is that our actions are directed by that which we cannot see. And that can either be God or that can be fear. And I think what I'm trying to get at is that I've been seeing so much fear. um, And when you don't know God and when you don't have peace that comes from God, you're just led by fear. And um, this pastor named Chris Carmona, who's the, um, I think he's the senior pastor at People Church Chicago. He um, had a little video clip on Instagram where he talked about how people who don't trust in Jesus um, 
always ask, how can they follow something that they can't see or someone that they can't see? And he turned the sentiment on its head because he said, similarly, our emotions, such as fear, are not seen, but we are often led by it. And so um, I think that that was a perfect um, explanation of what's going on right now. Um, People are just being led by fear. Um, And we can see that in the news. We can see people um, in fear buying out all the supplies at the grocery stores and hoarding their supplies. Um, People who are getting angry and losing their temper. Um, I've especially seen this while working. Um, People are scared so that they'll lash out even when that's not normally how they'd respond in a similar situation. Um, Or like not similar situation, but they'd usually not be so angry. Um, at us or to us who are just trying to serve them Um, but because of fear they um, lose their temper very easily and in second timothy 1 7 it says for god gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control according to this verse fear is the opposite of power love and self-control and i think we've been seeing that played out when we see people who are in fear during this time When we are led by fear, we can become hopeless and desperate. For example, losing a job is hard and a lot of people are losing their jobs right now. And of course, there can be anxiety when you lose a job, even for believers. But if your job defined your identity and your purpose in life, then of course, it can lead to a sense of powerlessness, hopelessness, and deep sadness, emptiness, and depression. And when people are led by fear, they can also become selfish and unempathetic, not having love or respect for those around them, not taking into consideration of those around them who are immunocompromised, um, people around them who have no food or Wi-Fi for school, um, not taking into consideration neighbors who cannot escape their abusive and neglectful homes. And I don't know, it just seems like every man is for themselves right now. Um, So I think Fear can lead us to become highly um, insensitive to those around us. And then thirdly, when we're led by fear, we can become reckless and impulsive, hoarding and buying out all the supplies to the point of stores having to put a one per customer sign. And I've even seen stealing, um, even from my very own workplace, people have been stealing supplies. So people lose all this sense of morality and um, self-control during this time and so we really do see this verse being played out in real time when fear is leading people there is a lack of power love and self-control and honestly my struggle as a believer is then responding with that spirit of power love and self-control having compassion and patience being loving and kind to people even when others aren't Um, and when i'm faced with people's reactions led by fear Um, so I guess that's something I've been learning about myself is really the sinfulness of my own heart honestly like when people ever ask me for prayer requests I always say I really only want to be more like Jesus and I don't say this because I have it all together or because it's like a holy prayer request or anything but really honestly I'm realizing how much I need God to change my own heart and continue to do the work he has started within me because of all the sin that I see in my heart as I'm working and serving patience. Like I need all of his patience and all of his peace and all of his love and his kindness and gentleness um, 
in me so I can better serve people who are led by fear and hopefully show them that they don't have to be led by fear anymore, um, that they too can have a spirit of power and love and self-control. Um, and so, yeah, that's honestly a prayer request that I've been praying for myself. Um, and ultimately, um, all of this recklessness, impulsivity, hopelessness, um, selfishness, and all of this um, sin points to the brokenness of this world and the sinfulness of our own hearts. Without God, we give in to fear and are led by fear. This situation all the more emphasizes a need for a savior to change our hearts and make us new in giving us spirits of power, love, and self-control, in giving us an unchanging identity that is rooted in someone who never changes, in giving us hope for eternity. Um, so yeah, that's like the first thing I've been learning, honestly, just relearning over and over again the sinfulness of humanity and why we need a savior, um, which leads us number two. The second thing I've been learning is that specifically people fear for their lives. People tend to value their lives as the most important possession that they have, um, even though us believers know that even our lives are not our own. But for those who do not know God, their lives are truly the most valuable possession that they own or think they own. And this seems like a pretty obvious statement to make, um, but I think it's being made really evident during this time and during this whole coronavirus situation because the majority of people just fear death because it's another unknown within the sea of unknowns that we're facing right now. And in theory, slash in truth, the only way we can have peace in facing death is if we are promised eternal life, free from the pains of this world, from someone who has never broken a promise, who is God. And so this is the truth that we live by, that there is eternal life. Um, but so many people don't live in that truth and so many people don't believe in that truth. But the thing is, I don't honestly think that anyone truly believes that there is nothing after death, which is why even atheists fear death, because if there really is no God to judge the living and the dead, then there's really no reason why there should be an afterlife for people. We just poof out of the world and that'd be it. Yet I've never met someone who does not slash has not ever feared dying. And I think this fear can be explained concisely through this verse, which is actually one of my favorite verses, Ecclesiastes 3.11, which says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. And I'm going to focus on that part in the middle that says he has also set eternity in the human heart, which I think is so beautiful. <laughs> but... The um, Enduring Word commentary that I found online said this to kind of explain a little bit better than I could ever possibly do. And it says, The preacher or the author of Ecclesiastes understood that man has an awareness and a longing for the eternal and that God has put this in their hearts. We can say that eternity is in our hearts because we are made in the image of an eternal God. And another commentator um, says, God made man in his own image, and nothing more surely attests to the greatness of our origin than those faculties of the soul which are capable of yearning for, conceiving, and enjoying the infinite, the immortal, and the divine. Every appetite in nature and grace has its appropriate satisfaction. 
and that satisfaction is the fact that we really do have eternal life to look forward to um, if we are in Christ. Um, and like I said, I think people don't actually believe that there is nothing after death because that's something that's innate within us that we long for an eternal life. Um, but it's whether we have eternity with Jesus or eternity um, in hell. And so that's the difference. Um, we will have eternity either way. It's just who we will spend that eternity with or apart from. Um, and as C.S. Lewis puts it in several of his books, um, we were made for another world. He says that so many times in um, in what's it, Mirror Christianity. And he also says in The Weight of Glory, we desire for our own far off country. And I think C.S. Lewis um, constantly has this thread of the fact that we were made for eternity um, in his books, which I love so much. Um, and there's even an article on DesiringGod.org about C.S. Lewis called Made for Another World that I will link for this episode if you are interested in learning more about C.S. Lewis because I think that his um, writings are so poetic and so beautiful and so, um, I don't know, so clear as to... Um, how he sees God in such a childlike way, yet um, there's so much truth in it. So um, I'll link that for you guys. And you can always DM me if you want the direct link to it, if you lose the link. So anyways, um, yeah, anyways, um, I think this idea of eternity and heaven is just inherent within us as human beings, even when we don't know it. And we fear death because it was never part of the original design, but it entered when sin and brokenness entered the world. Um, so I think there's this dissonance between what we were created for and what we were created to experience and the reality that we're given on earth. It just doesn't match up because of this brokenness that has entered the world. And um, going back to C.S. Lewis, I love what he writes in The Weight of Glory, which I'm currently reading with a book club. He says, there are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal, and their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. And I just love how he phrases his writing. I just don't know how he even thinks of the words to link together to make such beautiful prose. Um, but as he says, if we come to terms that this life is not the end, that truly we are immortal, then what should be our response? Um, and I think more than ever, I've been faced with a sense of urgency to spread the gospel, like I mentioned earlier in this episode and with people dying from the virus every day i am faced with inner turmoil knowing that so many people have died um, without the saving knowledge of jesus and the gospel and as much as i wish i could sit down with every patient that i interact with and ask them their stance on eternity and heaven slash hell there's really not a space for that at work, unfortunately, and it's been difficult in that aspect of knowing that I have an opportunity but don't really have an opportunity, and I've been trying to speak instead more honestly with my coworkers about having peace and hope in the midst of the situation, hoping that I can segue into why I have such peace and hope. 
um, because even people I work with have so much anxiety and stress about what's going on, especially as we are coming in direct contact with people who may have this virus. And so I can just imagine how much stress that they must be under knowing that they're they can and possibly are bringing this home to their families um so i just want to you know just be a light in the workplace and um, spread hope and peace when there is not much of that um around me at work um so yeah those are two things that i've been learning so far um and i'm going to end it here for part one um definitely Um, A lot to chew on, I guess, for myself still, and hopefully for you guys, um, this will just provide an opportunity for you to sit down also and just reflect on anything that God has been trying to show you and teach you at this time. Um, As always, feel free to reach out to me and uh, comment, uh, make suggestions, um, just tell me about what lessons you've been learning, um, and yeah, I'd love to chat with you more about this. Um, Part two will be coming soon, so look out for that. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Um, I'm very grateful for everyone who tunes in. And yeah, I'll talk to you guys very, very soon. Goodbye.